Thank you for joining the Underground Playground podcast with your hosts, Steve and Mike. We're bringing you the voices and the personalities of the physical culture world, so listen up. Welcome back to the Underground Playground podcast. This is Mike. I'm here with Steve. We're your hosts. And today we have Dan Waymura from Push Press on the line. Dan, hello. Welcome. Dan. Hey, hey. How's it going, guys? Good. And so um, you're a former CrossFit gym owner uh, and you own Push Press. So tell us a little bit about your history and kind of introduce yourself to the folks listening. Absolutely. Absolutely, guys. So... I've been kind of embedded in this community for a while. Um, opened my first gym in 2010. That was LAX CrossFit here in LA. Um, missed that 10-year affiliate cutoff by a year this year. So, well, actually, I wouldn't be invited anyways. I'm an ex-affiliate owner now. But anyways, um, during we opened that gym actually to open push press. Well, that and we loved and believed in CrossFit. But we saw that the opportunity, the market was not supporting CrossFit in terms of software. <clears throat> So we opened the gym first. We used the experiences we gleaned from that to start building Push Press, uh, threw away a couple versions that we built, and then launched to our first clients, which happened to be my second gym in 2013. Uh, that was Torrance CrossFit. Cool. I know I found you through uh, the, the um, Push Press Clock app, right? Yep. And yep. You guys are coming out with a new, the new clock? Yeah. So we're actually rebooting that. Um, I'm pretty excited about that because um, one of the cool things about the clock was you got to work out to have to like famous names counting you down and cheering you on in the workout and it was free during the middle of it. We had to put ads on it because it ended up costing us a bunch of money every time iOS came out with a new version. Um, But now we're at a point where we can support it and it's cool. So we're going to make it free again. And we're actually in talks with a, a lot of the biggest names in CrossFit now to get them back, all the big names back on the clock and have, um, some CrossFit champions counting you down. Right. That's pretty cool. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I gotta say, not only do I like push press, I'm also a customer, right? So I use push press for, and have been for quite a while. Um, I know Steve, you use Wattify, right, Steve? Uh, yeah, right now I use Wattify. Gotcha. And so like one of the things we brought you on is cause Dan, you guys have developed that backend software stuff to help gym owners. Um, and so if you could talk a little bit about why, you know, we need that, how to choose one and, um, you know, like what kind of different software, we, you know, what everybody's using and just kind of chat about your expertise in that stuff. for <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, so the main reason gym owners basically need to use software is because whether you like it or not, you become a business person at this point, the minute you bought or opened a gym. And I think the problem in our industry is most gym owners see themselves as fitness professionals, not business owners. Running a business entails systems and processes, right? That's literally like one of the definitions of running a business is you have to set up systems and processes to get your product to market and delight your customers. Um, Before the advent of software, people were using the wrong, well, they were still using software, but they were using the wrong software to do the job. And that was usually like spreadsheets. They would keep spreadsheets to their member list enter in what day they paid and when they need to pay again and how much money they owe. And then they would run over to a credit card terminal and manually punch it in and, and that would be the billing. Um, What that is, is that's a system and process that's inherent to you. Like if you had to bring someone on, there's, they just have a spreadsheet in front of them and they don't know anything that they need to do. The other reason to use software is, is the automations, right? So you got systems and processes get put in place. Once you have systems and processes in place, you can automate. And automations is basically like trying to figure out how to get those systems and processes done either automatically by, by software or a computer, or if, if need be by another person, right? And really autom- the oldest form of automation is hiring somebody because you're just hiring someone to do the job for you, right? So the, the systems and process enable the automation. The automation enables you to not have to worry about the minute details of all, like you don't want to have to run 150 memberships every month on a credit card terminal and waste eight, eight hours of your life doing it. You just want to see an email of the 14 people who failed billing and just talk to them, right? Like that frees up all that time for you to do more work. Better not on- be 14. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so... So those, those are, and then the third, one of the third main reasons you want to use software is interoperability. And basically that's like allowing automation to happen between business segments, right? So a good example of that is your billing goes through, which, which gives you access to the gym. 
And if you have access to the gym, a check-in system should be able to check the billing system and say like, no, this person can't come or yes, this person can come. And if they can't come, it might need to automate a process to get that billing back on file and get them into the gym instead of just letting them slip away, right? Um, layered on top of that, you might have a wavering system and it's like, hey, this person's checking in. Is their billing good? Yes, their billing's good. Do, do they have a waiver they need to sign? Yes, they do. Okay, they can sign it right there. So you can layer um, your like regulatory compliance or your con contractual compliance on top of your billing, on top of your access control, on top of some coach automations. And then you got a whole horizontal system that allows your gym to flow, all right? <clears throat> and ultimately all that does is it opens up your time as the gym owner to continually step away from doing tactical work and doing and giving you time to do strategic work, which is what you need to do. I'm speaking in military terms for you, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually something I just learned recently. Like these, the military has shaped so much of business. I'm actually studying military lately. Yeah, well, that's a good idea. I mean, you you know, you got um, what's his name out there, the the SEAL guy, Extreme Ownership. You know, he's doing those yep. seminars and stuff like that. Um, that book is amazing, by the way. Yeah, I mean, you did figure. You know, that's the. I guess that's got to be the best run business because it's kill or be killed, right? <laughs> and we're going yeah. into dollars. Not can't. much margin of error in that, bro. Not much margin of error, right, Steve? Exactly. exactly. Do you know how to tell time in military time, Dan? Did you not see me say, is this interview at 13, 1330? That's right. You did. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I actually set all my clocks to military time. Uh, I don't know why. It's just a, a quirk of mine. As, yeah, I just I, I go back and forth like the gym clock and stuff like that. I'll change it around here and there. My my phone, <laughs> which uh, I just got the brand iPhone I, eleven. Ah. <laughs> I, I find in business speaking in military time works as long as the person you're speaking to understands it. Because then you're not like one thirty or you know like AM or PM. Well, you know, so it's kind of but you have to or, kind of learn it like you have to learn like kilos and pounds conversions. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So yeah, I, um, I, I use uh, push press and I, I have for a while, you know, I've gone with the other ones and stuff. And, uh, you know, you're, you guys are always coming out with some new things to make it better. Like, you know, we have our check in, you know, the clock we have, well, not the clock right now, but the check in the waivers, um, you know, automated uh, billing, you know, the whole shebang -a bang and we're running that off of um, Kindle fires right now. Um, which worked pretty good and I'm thinking about getting some more I don't know so what's going on with your software what can like what what can it do for what do I don't what is there that I don't know about <laughs> hmm well, I don't really know what you don't know Maybe um, we did just launch ACH which was like two years oh. two years too late in my opinion and two years in the making yeah. um, but there were some inherent flaws that we felt with ACH in terms of how the payment the the infrastructure of it works that we needed to solve and it just took some time. Well, that's, that was one of the things I was pushing for for a long time. And then we're, we're just so busy right now. We're like, ah, oh, we got to implement it. So tell, I mean, the, with the gym owners listening, why would they want ACH and what is it and why would they want it? Steven, you, do you have ACH? Yeah, that is one of the main reasons. I'm not going to lie, Dan, like we talked a while back. I don't know if you remember, um, but you know, that was one of the main reasons why I, I, I didn't switch over because um, ACH to me uh, means that there's going to be a lot less people that I have to worry about doing collections on because uh, credit cards are getting compromised every freaking week, man. Every, every time we try to do our, we, we try to run our billing on the same day every month, just the way it's set up. And I know on the 15th that there's going to be about 20 to 30 people that I'm going to have to get with whose credit cards got compromised. And they, listen, a lot of them just forget that they have their credit card um, with us for autom automated billing or reoccurring billing. So with ACH, now it just automatically takes money out of your checking account. And uh, you know, it makes the process uh, a lot easier and the fees are a lot less. Right. Yeah, Dan, speak to that. Cause I know you guys did a lot of research into this. Yes. So let me actually speak to the front half of that regarding the credit cards, because I will probably go to my grave saying credit cards is the way you want to go. I just understand people want ACH. With push press, and again, I don't know how other systems work, so I can't speak to it. But with push press, we have an 83% recovery rate on failed credit cards because we have systems in place that automate the recovery of credit cards. So either our back end system is automatically updating credit cards for you, 
or we have an automated communication sequence that goes out saying your credit card failed, you need to change it. And if you use the check-in app, it doesn't let them check in without a, a payment being made. And if you use our screens app, the coach can look at the screen and see that, uh, that Jimmy didn't check in and realize that there's a failed payment and have, a com have that conversation after class or grab a credit card during warmups or whatever, right? That being said, I push credit cards because it's, you know instantly if someone paid you or not. Right. which in the service business is kind of, kind of a big deal in the gym industry. It, ACH has been historically there. So I can understand why people overlook it. Right. The problem with ACH is it takes three to five business days to know if you get paid. And if you know, extreme conditions, you know, you got Christmas on a Wednesday and new year's on a Wednesday this year, you get paid on a Thursday. You might not know for like literally two weeks if you get paid. Right. Yeah. Which kind of sucks and creates these weird situations in gyms where you're like, Hey, we're two weeks in the membership, but, I need you to pay me for the last two weeks and I need, and then in two weeks you're going to have to pay again. Right now, granted that's an extreme case. doesn't happen that much. And the savings that you get probably offset that. So, you know, I'm, I'm okay overlooking that to understand that cost is a, is a factor, right? ACH credit cards historically across the industry cost between 2.7 and 2.9%. Um, and that's pretty much, irregardless of what processor you use or whatever, based on rewards pricing and interchange pricing and all this. Like I've done, I've broken this down a million different ways. Most gyms pay over 3%. In fact, a lot of gyms pay over 4% and don't know it. Um, so credit cards, let's just say on average are 2.7 two, two to 2.9, let's say 2.9 on the high end, which is what push press charges, 2.9% for, for Stripe. Um, our ACH rates are 0.8%. So that's Stripe charges 0.8%, that's what we charge that's over 2% savings by using ACH. So I can, I can understand not knowing if I get paid for five business days to save 2%, which on a uh, $100 charge is two bucks and across all those members is you know hundreds of dollars a month. So that's very worthwhile doing. Exactly, yeah. So I mean, we, we definitely wanna do it and I know um, you guys have a, a Facebook group um, for clients of push press and there's a uh, you know people around there explaining how they did it how they rolled it out and everything so that's super super duper interesting a good good thing for gym owners to think about is you know those points that you made do you want to use ach or do you want to stick with credit cards right and that's a good way to the way you explain it that's awesome yeah no you bring up a lot of good points uh dan uh with me um it's i, I would rather just not have to spend time um, because listen, I, we have the same thing. It's all automated. Their card don't go through. They're notified if they try to sign in, you know, as long as we manually, um, you know, we'll give them like a five day grace period and then we'll put them on, uh, suspend them or whatever. But, um, you know, with ACH, it just seems like it's, uh, a, such a, a much higher percentage. I, I don't, I think I've only had a few people who whose ACH payment didn't go through because they didn't have the funds available um, in their in their account. But for the most part, we've been pretty lucky. And you're right, you bring up a lot of valid points. I mean, at least for the credit card, the money's there relatively fast. Um, but you know, I, I'm not gonna lie, man, I'm not in a situation or I've never ever put myself in a situation where I have to stand there and wait for money to clear because I got to pay bills or I got to pay the rent. Right. Yeah, unfortunately, there are gym owners who are in that boat. But for me, it's more about knowing when one fails. And yeah, if you have a very, very low failure rate, not a big deal at all. Right. And uh, the data is out for us. We, we like to look at data. <clears throat> so we'll start to see what percentage fail versus credit card. And man, if that number is like, you know, fractions of a percent, it probably will come in under a tenth of a percent failure rate then I'm, I, will, I will gladly change my mind if the data shows me otherwise. But for now, I'm kind of, I'm leery. I'm scared. Yeah, I understand. I mean, I, but I'm, I'm just speaking from experience. Yep. Um, and and th that I've experienced, you know, and, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. And it's sometimes, it gets a little tricky sometimes because with ACH, you know, you could later find out that that payment said it went through, but then later find out that it didn't go through. Yeah. Uh, so that's the tricky part of ACH. It's like a check. So yeah. it's good until it's not good, yeah. which is like you think you're paid and then you're not paid. It's like someone taking that money out of your bank account. Kind of, you know, it's like a weird thing. You know, what's kind of strange, man. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they do the same thing with, 
ACH with, with banks. But if you have someone in your gym training and, and they have, uh, you know, because most of our, most of our, uh, most of our memberships is month to month. Like they'll fulfill a six month or a 12 month or a three month. And then it turns automatically into a month to month subsequent to that. If you have a member that they decide they want to fight their credit card charges with their credit card company and basically say, Hey, I haven't been there. or I'm not using it or whatever with the credit card companies. I've had some pretty bad luck with keeping the money or fighting it because they're like, well, take them to court. You know, I, I'm curious because I haven't had that happen with a with ACH. I'm just curious if it would be the same, you know, same situation. You're talking about chargebacks. Yeah, chargebacks are a freaking. I, I don't even take it personal. I'm just like, okay, no problem. Take the money back. You know, I've had one person that was here training, and they tried to do a chargeback for like six months, and telling the bank that, oh, I wasn't there and it's not. I mean, I was like, I was, I was just irritated with it. I'm like ready to pull cameras and show them in my gym and show them that they checked in on Wattify or whatever. That's all you have to do. You can win a chargeback, but they take the money. Yeah. But let me tell you, sometimes these, these credit card companies don't care. They're well, so the, the credit card companies are always on the side of the customer, but I'll tell you this, I've never lost a chargeback. Right. It's just a matter of having your systems, kind of, your, your records organized. If you have a membership agreement that says like, you need to give us X days of, of notification and you need to do it in this channel and you just pre present that to them and tell them like, look, Here's my communication history with them. They didn't tell me until this date. The, the charge went through on that date. It was clearly, you know, as long as you're in the right, right? Um, That's what I thought too, man. <laughs> and you've lost them? And not, not a lot, but we had a few that, I mean, even the credit card company or the processor was like, I'm sorry, I'm embarrassed. Yeah. I'm, I, didn't, I, I feel bad. Well, yeah. Ultimately, it's just a decision someone at a bank makes. So it's like, you never know. The dude might have had a bad day that day or the, the woman might have just been pissed off at her kids. or You know, like, who knows? Like, there could be a million different reasons why someone's just like, or maybe they had a credit card issue themselves and they're just like, I hate all people who do this. So I'm, you know, denying them all, whatever. Yeah. It's part of business, man. I mean, you shouldn't take it personal. It is what it is. But yeah. some people can be, you know, pretty, pretty evil. Yeah, you're, so. Dan, you're... Uh, you have a opportunity to talk to a lot of gym owners about this kind of stuff. Um, when you guys onboard new people or people are acquiring about push press, what is, as far as like backend stuff, software and, you know, the systems and processes you're talking about, like, do you see, do you see CrossFit gyms and, you know, um, strength and conditioning gyms, do you see them getting better at this stuff, worse at this stuff, or what's the big giant sticking point? Huh. So, this will be a ongoing motive motif in, in this conversation. And it has to do with being a business owner. Um, we are hitting a phase of this industry life cycle where the lifestyle gym owner who really doesn't care about running a business is going to get squeezed out. And we're already kind of seeing it. So my stance is you got to kind of either shit or get off the pot. Like either you need to learn to run a good business or you better have some kind of crazy competitive edge that lets you not like you're a games athlete and you, you know, you happen to have a wildly successful podcast or so, I don't know, whatever, or you need to learn to run a business. And if you're a games athlete who has like this, just this crazy opportunity and you learn how to run a business, you'll have a million dollar gym. Right. So gym owners kind of have to make that decision. And that's our direction as a company is we're trying to empower gym owners like that's our, our mission at this point is empowering gym owners to become business owners, not gym owners. Right. Yeah. So in respect to that, you guys, like, um, I know you put out a lot of blogs and stuff. And so you're big on, you know, giving out that education and, uh, so you're, you're still doing that. Right. So you could kind of, you, you guys are kind of in the business of teaching people how to be business yeah. people a little bit. Right. No, I mean, our number one churn rate is a gym goes out of business. Right. So it is in my best interest. I mean, I love it. I'm not an opportunistic. I'm not a person. I'm not here just to capitalize on gym owners. Like I'm a, I'm an ex gym owner. My whole team are gym owners. Like we love this community and it kills me when a good gym goes out of business just because they weren't running a business, right? They had a, a lifestyle gym where they comped a bunch of people and their coaches were running amok and like just stuff was going on and it, it caved in eventually. Right. Um, so yeah, like, we, we, just launched a, we just launched an initiative called Push Start. Uh, we hired Zach Forrest, and he is running a free mentorship program for all of our clients. Um, 
it's basically geared to get gyms off their feet so they can hire a real mentor. Well, not, not that Zach's not a real mentor, but a, you know, a paid mentor. Right. Um, cause, cause the, the, the goal is you should forever be learning as a business person right. and we'll give you, we'll get you on your feet with push start. And then you should go and hire a two brain or what the fuck WTF or whatever gym talk or one of these, one of these mentors in the space who can help you take it to the next level. Right. So yeah. his, his, his silo is we'll get you from zero to 15,000. Gotcha. And right. that's free, a free service that we're paying for, for all of our clients, because the better you are running your business, the better, you, the better you're going to do. And the more likely you'll stay a push press client. So there's a, there's a selfish motive there. Um, Nothing wrong with that. That's not, you know, that's exactly how the world works. I like it. But, it, but, but it's in the help first, give first mentality, right? Like I, we're not going to charge for that. Like I want, I want our people to succeed. I think eventually you may actually see possibly it may come down to HQ trying to uh, educate people on that as well, because I know they still got a lot of, I still know they got a shitload of affiliates, but man, those numbers, when they start going down, they may have, want to consider like trying to educate people and keep right. the affiliates afloat or yeah. from de-affiliating. And that's, uh, that's another thing that you're seeing a lot of. Well, if they get free mentorship as part of a CrossFit affiliation, I mean, why de-affiliate at that point, right? That's a value add that. You guys there? Yeah. Just froze up a little bit. No worries. You hear me? Yeah, we're good now. You just froze up for a second. So you were talking about HQ, um, whether they're going to provide any kind of business help or not. I'm going to turn off my video. Okay, cool. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, it just froze up. So you were talking, Dan, about um, HQ. Oh, I was saying if HQ offered some type of business mentorship or a business-centric approach to running a gym, which I can see why they don't because it you know, starts getting really cl clear, close into franchisee type space, um, or at least supporting companies like, like ours that do support that, it would be a reason not to de-affiliate, de right? Right, absolutely. Well, that's like, I've, I've used um, Mad Lab, I, and I'm actually back with them now. Uh, they got a lot of new cool stuff. So, you know, I thought I knew everything, but you're right about, um, you know, continually learning and then, you know, systemizing your processes and processing your systems, right? And so I think everybody needs a mentor. And there's a, a lot of good ones with, yeah, Two Brain and then um, Stuart Bauer and then Mad Lab, of course, is like been around for a long time and they're doing a lot of crazy good stuff too. Yeah. I mean, I think the bottom line people need to realize is as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, you're on a never ending path of continued education. Like, and it's not about learning how to do a new kettlebell swing or a new workout type. It's about SEO and website conversion rates and, and funneling and lead generation and, and filling your, filling your leaky retention systems and churn rates. And there's so much stuff to learn as a business owner that materially impact your bottom line more than your programming okay. or more than your equipment, you know? Yeah, 100%. I think that's when you talk, I like your, your how you coined it, lifestyle gym, right? I, yeah. call, I call them hobby gyms, you know, and then like, that's probably a good percentage of CrossFit affiliates and even, you know, your local, you know, boxing gym or something like that, you know? Um, so are you seeing on your end and you, you said that your, your retention for push press is mostly impacted by gyms that go out of business or close for whatever reason. So can you like give us some kind of impression on what the data you're seeing on that is like how many are doing it? Oh, I don't, what's it look like? I don't, I don't know off the top of my hand, off the top of my head, what like industry standards of closing would be. Um, roughly speaking, I could say probably in our demographic, eight to 10, five, five to eight gyms close a month out of our client pool. Wow. Right. Yeah. And then, and, you know, it depends on the month, of course, but the, I mean, the bottom line is this, even for lifestyle gym operators, everyone probably looks at, they probably look at it like, Oh, well, I've got a full-time job and I just like coming to the gym and working out with people and my buddies are here and it's cool. Right. But sooner or later, life's going to get you you're going to get sick or you're going to have a baby or like some, someone's, some kid's going to need to go to college and you're going to need money and you're going to have to make a hard choice between do I let these 150 people down 
or do I handle the business I need to handle? And if you haven't previously established a business that's making revenue that can withstand those types of things, then, I mean, these are, this is what I see. Like people are closing gyms because it's like, I got a kid who needs to go to college now, or I just found out I have this, this problem that needs a, a lot of medical attention and I, I can't be at the gym coaching anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah, I wonder, and then, you know, with the, the CrossFit, you know, this whole, the games versus the health initiative and all that, I think that's kind of even pushing it more towards you're going to, you're going to be in this space. You're going to be, like you said, being pushed out if you're not running a business that can sustain itself without the owner being there all the time. Correct. Yep. So you guys are, you, so the platform that you guys have is, is you know, and the education that you're doing is kind of maybe some of these people who are listening might think about, Hey man, I'm kind of, I really want to turn this into a business and they could just kind of look up you guys or uh, get some of that Zach Forrest mentoring. Right. Yeah. I mean, I want to stress that no system is a magic pill, right? Like you can't join push press or any system out there and automatically have a business off the shelf. Like you have to make the decision that you want to, you want to, put in the work and, and, and learn to be a business owner. Um, if that's the case, then all the resources are available for you. There's so much free content that people are publishing every day. There are, you can get books, like I'm reading one right now, that you can get a book that's $9 on Amazon that will teach you an immense amount, podcasts. Um, and don't listen to stuff only in the CrossFit slash fitness space. Like there are so many good podcasts out there that just teach people how to run businesses, how to be good leaders, how to, you know, just so many topics. Education knowledge is just out there. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to make the impression that, yeah, I switched to push press and you're going to have a business off the shelf. Like that is the wrong idea. Right. Right. That's true for anything for sure. Yeah. So you, what are you reading now? You said you were reading some business book. Oh, I was reading this book right while I was waiting for you guys called. Um, so I'm, I'm big on this. Um, there's a book called traction, which so here's the cool thing. I'm learning how to run push press push press has grown to something that's bigger than I've ever run. So I'm personally learning every day how to run push press better. Um, and everything I'm learning applies to a gym. So I'm just like, I'm going to turn around and teach gyms how to do everything here. So the one I'm reading, the one I've read was traction, which is basically how to run a business correctly, how to structure things. And I'm now reading a follow on book called rocket fuel that the same author wrote. Rock. What's the author? I just got in the mail today. What's the author's name? Uh, Gino Wickman. Gino Wickman. Cool. Do you do, you do the uh, audio books or are you like hardcover? I do a little bit of both. Here's rocket fuel. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, nobody else can see that, but there I it is. I, yeah, I think I've seen that before. Uh, you want to start with traction though. Traction is kind of the basis of it. I actually, the last blog post I wrote about core values is like core, chapter one of traction, right? Like establishing what your business even stands for. Like if you don't know what your business stands for, then you, you can't do anything else with your business. <laughs> like you have to have values first, right? So I'm probably going to be publishing a whole series of blog posts about like translating the concepts of traction for a gym owner to apply in their, in their gym. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I try to keep up with that stuff. I've got to be honest. I haven't much lately and I'm going more towards like audio and podcasts because uh, it's a time to, it's time to sit down. Like, he rock. falls asleep to Joe Rogan every night, dude. I do. Yeah, I listen to Joe. Every Rogan. night, man. It's not business. I love Joe Rogan. It's business. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, he's got some good stuff. But yeah, so I, fl I flip-flop personally between – so so this will be a good segue into a topic that I'm going to ram into this thing about running, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so I've actually just sold my gym and, and in my free time, I'm like, I need something else. And the challenge I decided to do was to try and run a marathon. Um, so last year, this time in November, I ran my first half. And since then I've run a, a marathon and a 33 miler. So I'm, I call, I dub myself an ultra marathoner now, nice. but, <laughs> but to be honest, one of the main, so I did it for two reasons. One, one I knew about and one I didn't, but it's why I continue to run. One, um, a lot of my good friends from high school and college are all into like ultra trail running. So it was just time to spend with them. Like I just needed to spend more time with my friends. But what I found is when I run, I have like two hours of time to think that you never get any other time. It's just you and, and like the trail or the pavement and your brain. And it, what it's done for my business is 
orders of magnitude more than anything I could have done in any other fashion. You can listen to audiobooks and focus. You, you can listen to podcasts and focus. You can think about strategies you want to employ. You can think about conversations you need to have. There's so many things you can do while you're just by yourself and you're forced to be by yourself. Right. So now I'm kind of on this whole rant about every business owner. It doesn't have to be running, but it needs to be, you put yourself in a headspace of you and yourself for an hour a week, at least. And running is the easiest thing to do. And it actually kind of helps your health too. Right. And you know, there's other cool things about running um, that most CrossFitters probably won't agree with, but it could be meditating. It could be like literally sitting at the, you just have to get to a point where you're not pulling out your phone or being distracted by some people doing some funny thing across the way or something, you know, you just got to be straight up in your mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do that with swimming a little bit and uh, jujitsu, although it's not one-on-one and you're not really meditating, you're, you're just trying to, think about how not to get choked <laughs> yeah yeah so as long as it's something that works for you i would say that's cool um running is an easy one right so i'm i've, I've been kind of going around telling people like you want to get better at your business run run do a one hour run once a week and let your mind think about your business just wander don't think about mm. celebrity gossip don't you know just literally focus on your business for an hour mm. and so. how does that work for you do you get do you come up with ideas and stuff and how do you remember them or oh. So that the problem is I come up with more ideas than I can implement. But um, so one of the, the things is you have to be disciplined in, in thought versus implementation, right? You can't implement every idea you have at your gym, but the more you think about it, the more you'll start to find, like, I have common threads of thought. I have common um, directions of things, or I've really unlocked the idea of where my problem is at my gym. It's not, it's not in my lead flow where I thought it was. It's in my retention, you know, and like, Oh, how can I fix retention? Well, maybe I can start talking to people more in between classes or I can work out with people. You know, like you can, you just start letting your mind go and it really helps. Yeah. It's like the whole, the whole meditation thing, you know? It's funny because meditation, they actually tell you not to think about things. So, <laughs> right. you know, like the running is like literally all you do because it's, you're just running forever, you know, it's slow and <laughs> yeah. I bet if I, if I was running that long, I'd be thinking about how much that shit sucks, man. <laughs> Once you get past that, it becomes, I, I promise. I used, I was the same as you. Like it, my first run was like a mile and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this is stupid. Yeah. But there, you, my, my advice to people is run at a pace you can keep a conversation with somebody at. So it's not right. hard. Like us CrossFitters like to do things fast and hard and rest yeah. and, you know, just run fucking slow and just enjoy the scenery, enjoy stuff, you know? No, I get it, man. I, I mean, I, I do, I, I think the most I've ever ran was like, 14 or 15 miles and I'll tell you what I the only reason why I stopped is because they made us stop I was actually in the uh that was yeah. in the police academy um back in Jersey and uh you get you definitely get into that runner's high man you're just like floating you're just kind of like not you know it's it, it's it is it's all about kind of like thinking and just it's it's peaceful definitely yeah. I I've, I've witnessed it not not recently though now I kind of I'd rather take an uber man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ran a, I, in the Marines, you know, we had a run, right? So, yeah, so it was like kind of like what you're talking about, Dan. Like, look, if you're going to run a business, you better learn how to run a business, right? Sure. So, when I had a run, I was like, ah, screw this. But then at, at some point, you know, it got to be where we ran so often. And I did really, same thing, 13 miles, I think, in Okinawa on the hills. It was like the longest run I think I've ever done. And that thing was mm. painful. I mean, yeah. But, but it was also fun, you know, it's something I look back on like, hey, I did that, you know? Yep. I mean, it's, it, this is a, a, another interesting segue into an, an idea and a philosophy that I have. And it's just basically like as CrossFitters, generally speaking, we do like to focus on the stuff we're great at, but there isn't a notion of shying away stuff you suck at because you have to be kind of good at everything, right? If you want to be a good CrossFitter. Um, what I don't see is people applying that to their business. And it's like the same idea. Like you need to work on your weaknesses and you need to learn to like, at least in, at least tolerate them if not enjoy them right mm-hmm. so and that that does this isn't necessarily a running thing this is more like hey i like i like i love teaching olympic lifting and i love learning about movement patterns but i probably should learn about how to make my website pop more on searches or i should learn about how to run a better meeting yeah like those are things that need to be in gym owner skill sets that they don't even consider mm-hmm. right I find the big one is with sales, you know, like oh yeah, being able to nurturing leads and yeah. marketing and. <laughs> I went to um, 
Greg Mack. I don't know if you know who that is, but I think you do. Greg, Greg Mack changed my life on sales. Amazing, right? And he's he works with Mad Lab Group. So I went to in Atlanta, um, one of his sales things, and it's it's loosely based on you can't teach a kid to ride a bike or something like that. You can't. I don't know, but you know what I'm talking about. That book and the sales technique. So the concept is that everybody's in sales, right? And uh, you know, how you can have a conversation with somebody to find out if what your service you're offering or what product you're offering fits with what that client needs and give them a solution. Um, and there's definite, you can learn to be a good salesperson, just like you can learn to fix your website or better SEO or run Facebook ads. So, I mean, we're, I think we're right on track here. We're getting more education. But. Yeah. So the, the, it's interesting that Greg, I did the Greg Mack seminar in Vegas. I don't think he does it anymore, but I, at, the, at that point I came back and I'm like, everybody needs to take this. Yeah. So shout out to Greg Mack out there. But what it made me realize is like, I, I sucked at sales because I told myself I sucked at sales and I never wanted to do sales. <laughs> yeah. But the minute I realized like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not bad at sales and maybe I, I could enjoy sales, I became good at it. Right. And that's exactly the same with running. And, it, and it's just like, you are what you tell yourself you are. So if you tell yourself like, I'm only good at doing X, Y, and Z, then yeah, you are, you know? Yeah, and a lot of, you know, that's, I think a lot of people like run their gym kind of that way too. It's like, oh, I, I do this so that I can have a place to work out with my friends or I'm going to do this to make a million dollars or whatever, which neither of those things I think work out too well. But yeah, you, you, you are what you think, you know? And I, yeah, I mean, bordering, border, yeah, bordering on turning this into a podcast about the secret. I mean, it, it's kind of like, is that you, I don't, I, I don't know what it was, but it became a huge hit for a while. And I remember at the time thinking this is such horse shit. Like there's no way you can just will yourself to becoming a millionaire, but you know what? I, I believe it now, you know, like, if you wake up every morning and you're like, I am going to make a million dollars gym. And every day you focus on getting one step closer to that. You, maybe you won't get a million dollar gym, but maybe you'll have a $700,000 a year gym. You know, mm -hmm. like you, you're going to be 10 times better than you were if you didn't think about it. So do it, you know, set the bar high, man. Absolutely. Well, I could tell you negative thinking will definitely drive you into a hole. You know, I've probably been there. Oh fuck. Everything's fucked up. What the hell? You know, nothing. <laughs> And then it becomes this, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy. So, yeah, the positive right thing, on. you know, that's kind of, this kind of woo-woo a little bit. But, yeah, the secret, I think, was Oprah. But, yeah, I think, I, you know, that who's that when you stare in front of the mirror and say, you're, everybody likes you, you're successful, yeah. damn it, you're going to have a good day or whatever, right? That's yeah. how I left it, yep. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, yeah, I believe that stuff. I mean, you know, self-talk, I tell people in the gym when I'm training them all the time, you know, especially new people, and they come in and like, oh, I'm so out of shape. I'm not good at this. I can't do that. I said, you got to stop with this, you know, this negative self-talk, right? Yeah. And, you know, it works. I love it. It can. It's hard, though. Sometimes when shit's going bad, bro, or you're in a shitty mood, you know, it, you got you to gotta really train yourself. Even, even with existing clients, you don't want to walk around the gym and just fucking look pissed and look, you know, because – you know, like I've had that happen where I'm this shit's not going good or just in a bad mood. And then, you know, my wife Heidi would be like, hey, you know, a couple people were asking what's wrong with Steve. And I'm like, oh, really? They could tell. Well, fucking yeah. yeah. You know, throwing shit around, put a kettlebell through the wall, shit like that. <laughs> how can they how can they tell? You know? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. No doubt. So that's um, that's a good, interesting thing. Like, um, how do you know, how do you deal with that? Um, you know, when you do have a bad mood and you have to be a uh, coach or something like that, you know, or yeah. you have coaches that are doing that for you, you know, this is why you need to learn business, right? Putting the people in the right place, being able to call out sick. You know, I don't think most gym owners right now in this crossfit can do that. Yep. No, no, it's hard. It's not just crossfit gym owners. It's all, it's a lot of businesses too, you know. It's, it's any boutique business. Like you could even scale that outside. It could, it's a small coffee shop down the street too, where the guy just yeah. loves coffee, right? Correct. I agree with that. You know, and that carries over to your health as well. When you're just having a shitty time and negative and stressed out, and then all of a sudden your health starts deteriorating as well. I'll tell you what, though, money makes problems go away. So. You know, <laughs> right? And people say, "Oh, you know, you can't, your money can't buy happiness." I so we'll try being broke, right? But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like you know, once I started a couple of years ago, really, I mean, I you know, I always 
I want to say I always focused on running the gym as a business and had to learn along the way. And so it's a long process and I see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I've always been able to pay my bills and pay my coaches and put a little money here and there and buy some equipment. But I think now I'm at that place and it's that positive thinking like you talk about, like, hey, I can do this. And then I learned Facebook marketing. I learned sales, um, you know, business systems, um, you know, accounting. Like I use like a really good tool for people that are listening is Profit First um, and the books by Mike um, how do you say his last name? Profit first, Mike Mikkel. It's a like a Polish last name, like Michilski or Mikulich, Miss whatever. Mike uh, Profit first and um, the Pumpkin Plan. Really good books on business and uh, you know how to how to pay yourself first. Uh, I think that could go a long way towards my original theory that money makes problems go away. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, another good book is the One Thing. If you've ever read the One Thing, it's pretty decent as well. You know, have you read Dan the um, the Mike M the Profit First stuff? So the Profit First one, I kind of read an abbreviated version. I, I took the high level concepts of it. Um, <clears throat> for gyms, I absolutely agree with. For my business, it's a little different. There's different growth patterns and different needs for capital deployment. But um, absolutely for gyms, like you need you. It's it's kind of like um, two brain businesses perfect day strategy. Like you kind of need to figure out well all these business strategies are basically like you have to start plotting where you want to go and you have to get yourself there and the profit first kind of just forces you to by taking profits off the top instead of paying yourself last right yeah definitely does you know and that's i think that's what a lot of people end up doing right is you know you pay yourself last if there's any left over that's you know i sign that a lot of a lot of gyms you know you're just paying yourself hopefully with what's left over right instead of having a plan you know? Yeah, I'd say the best thing I've done since I've been in, well, I ended up buying the building that I'm in. And uh, honestly, it didn't happen uh, purposely. (laughs) It happened by accident. We ended up, uh, our lease was coming up and then it turned out that um, the bank was gonna take over uh, the building so we, long story short, we ended up buying one bay, which is 5,500 5, square feet. And I had to rent the bay next to it, which was another 4,500. So we ended up taking our wall down. I rented one and then I ended up getting a lease option to buy. And luckily the owner was cool because I didn't get the opportunity to buy it with the lease ran out. And then he actually ended up financing me. <laughs> So we ended up buying two spaces and we've had them for about four or five years and they just finished building out my development. And, uh, I just found out the value is about double what I paid for it. Nice, so, nice. you know, it's kind of like that McDonald theory, you know, it's not just about the actual hamburgers. It's about real estate as well. You know, and, and I do tell people if you have an opportunity and you're in a position and you can buy the building that you're in, <laughs> You know, don't look at it as if, oh, if my gym, this is exactly what I looked at it. I was like, oh my God, if my gym fails, now I'm stuck with this payment. And there was one of the members, I swear, I still can't remember who it was, but you know, you always got a lot of talented people in your gym, whether they're realtors or they're business, you know, business people. And I can't remember who it was, but he said, no, dumbass, if that's the case, now you're a landlord or you own a piece of property that you could probably sell and, you know, make money. Um, you know, and of course it's always about the timing of real estate as well, but, uh, it, it worked out, it worked out for us. So that's, yeah, I think that should be, there. that should be like every gym owner's long-term goal is to own the space they're in. Sure. Um, I mean, Zach Forrest, the reason he's working for us is because his landlord decided not to renew his lease. Like if you don't own your land, your business is basically at the whim of a landlord. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm yeah, just funny, funny side on. story. It's a funny side story, but it, and it's not related to gyms at all, but I have a friend here in LA who I went to college with. He owns uh, bars and nightclubs and uh, he really wanted to, to buy this bar and they wouldn't sell to him. So he bought the building and then didn't renew their lease and just opened his bar in their space. And I'm like, that is <laughs> fucked up, man. That's yeah, but that's thug life right there, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's awesome, man. No, you know, I, that's what I consider. I, I had the option to buy, but I think my, the building was way, it's too big that I'm in. <laughs> And it's way too much money, but I, I'm actually considering, um, 
I want a, you know, a piece of land out on a, like a main road and have a gym built, you know, have the building built custom yep. to the right size, the right specs, the right setup that, you know, uh, I mean, I'm on a mission to create a gym that lasts a hundred years. So long after I'm gone, hopefully my gym will still be going. And so, yeah, owning your own land. And, and now if I can custom build something, you know, um, then that's even better. Right. Let me tell you something, Mike, I just listened to a podcast, um, yesterday um with with jim collins on it and he's the one who wrote built to last which is about yeah businesses that are built to last and that to become the type of ceo who builds a i think uh i think and one was humility damn it did i cut off again yeah just start to build a business you have to to build a business that lasts you have to have two components as the as the founder or ceo you have to have humility which means you have to be able to look at yourself and say like, I, I, I make mistakes. I'm not the best thing in the world. And you have to have the passion to build something that lasts beyond your existence. So you're on that path, man. If you're talking about building a gym that lasts hundred years, um, we just need to find you a little humility. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a tough one. I don't know. No, but actually, that they found that that combination actually drives leaders to be visionaries to the point where, they can build something that will, will last a hundred years. And that's the true test of a successful business. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And then, you know, that, that outwardly, yeah, you know, I try to be, you know, all knowing and cocky, but I definitely have been humbled and, you know, in my you know personal thoughts, I'm like, Oh fuck, you know, I'm not as good as I am, which is what, what is I think I am what I need to, that's why I drive myself to try to learn new stuff like sailing. <laughs> I just started jujitsu a year and a half ago at the age of 52 you know, and I'm going to, you know, read this book traction that you just told me about. And so, um, you know, I could probably sit back and rest on my laurels and go, Oh, you know, I'm a good coach and you know, this gym has been doing fine, but I definitely want to build a business that lasts a hundred years long after I'm gone. You know, no, I, I think the, the easiest limit test litmus test to know if you have humility is to under, to know if you have the desire to continue learning, because that's basically telling yourself like, I don't know shit. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The older I get, the more I don't know. I realize I don't know. You know, there's yeah. so much. And now, especially with, I mean, the internet and like, I mean, just everything is available out there now. You know, you when I was a kid, you had to go to the library or you had to find somebody to teach you something. You can learn <laughs> on your own now. When he was a kid, he had to take the horse and buggy to the library. <laughs> <laughs> I went. That would have been a good life, man. When, when Mike was a kid, the bards used to come around and sing things to people. <laughs> that's how they spread it knowledge. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, I, I gotta say, like, I, I definitely agree with continued education. That is like huge. I mean, shit. How many I think I'm up to like fifty seven or fifty-eight seminars, certs, uh, you name it. Um, I've done all the OPEC certs. I've uh I didn't do the level twos, but with even with CrossFit, man, I've taken all the specialty certs <laughs> there are. Um except for the jump rope one with, uh, what do you mean? uh <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, sometimes kind of have to be careful because especially with all these books that I've been reading on business and stuff like that, cause you know, it, it can, can it kind of confuse you because one theory is saying, try it this way. Another theory is saying, try it that way. Um, you know, for example, I just started getting into fasting, um, Cause I'm at a wit's end, man. I'm just not able to take the weight off no matter how good I eat and how much I train, you know, granted there's some health issues involved, which I'm not going to get into. And it has to do with thyroid and Hashimoto's and all that, but I refuse to take medication for that. And now I'm starting to get into fasting, but man, I looked at like three different books and it's like almost completely different on the theory on how to fast. And, uh, I just did a 42 hour fast and I'll tell you what, man, I think I'm actually on to something because I've actually cut about nine pounds. I've only gained about two back since I started eating, but all my crazy ass cravings to eat at night, like the hunger cravings, it, they're gone, man. And that was my biggest problem is eating too late and, you know, yeah. eating too much food at night. But no, I mean, nutrition's, uh, a, nutrition's a tough one because it's so personalized. I feel. Oh, it's definitely, oh, there's no one size fits all man. And yeah. I ate that. Oh, check out this template. Check out that. Check it out. Okay, well, I'm glad it's working for you. It probably would have yeah. worked for me 20 years ago, but it ain't working for me now. Yeah, so, that's the tough thing is like everyone experiences their own experience with something and they're like, oh, 
paleo works, you know, like across yeah. the board bullet points, you know, yep. um, it's just so individualist. The I will keto tell you this. diet drives me crazy, man. People on keto. Oh yeah. You know, this is shit. I'm getting ripped and I'm eating like 10 pounds of cheese a day. And I'm like, dude, if I <laughs> eat 10 pounds of cheese, I'd popcorn the ceilings with my ass. <laughs> it ain't happening. I'm going to, um, <laughs> I'm going to give a shout out to, to Aaron Zanchi. Who's one? He's actually a push press client. He he owns CrossFit Wingman. He I've been working with him nutritionally, and honestly, I haven't been the best client because I have a lot of uh, I'm traveling a lot and this that and the other. But I love his program, and it's super like chill. It's almost like how I approach running. Just like do what you can do. Don't fucking stress out about it. Um, let's let's try and make one small change this week. Let's let's be a little bit smarter than last week. Maybe have six beers instead of eight. You know, like. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they don't want to set you up for failure. And that's what a lot of these programs do. They set you up for failure. Yeah. You can yeah, his, be strict for so long and then you, you're done. You, you fall off the wagon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The way he approaches is exact inverse. It's like, let's just make one step this week, you know, and, or this month, let's focus on one thing. Like don't eat after 10 PM. Don't eat after 9 PM, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you reach out to him and just see, see what he thinks. If you, if you're looking for help, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N-Z-A-N-C-H-I. So he actually runs a thing called Freedom Calories. Oh, this is the other dope thing about what he does is he figures out how to hack things that you love. Like uh, he made like a Dole Whip recipe. I love Dole Whip, which if you guys don't know, is like a pineapple frozen dessert. Um, Oh, I've heard of it, yeah. That has like 80 calories and tastes just like Dole Whip. So he hacks all of these recipes, um, pizzas and potato things and stuff and, and makes it in a way that's friendly for your body to eat plants and to, to have lean meats and stuff like this. Um, but when you eat it, you're like, I didn't even realize I was eating something healthy. So, and he just gives those away to his clients. So. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. We'll have to, um, after we're, <laughs> we're done with the podcast, text me, I'll put it in like show notes or something. Oh dude. And have him come on the show. Like he'll, oh. he has, a, he has a whole, his, his whole host of things he can talk about. Yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. Cool. We had, we had Nick Shaw on from the RP uh, diet. He was, he was pretty, pretty good. Very knowledgeable. You know, as we get older, man, I think a lot of the uh, nutritionists or people that are helping with nutrition guidance, uh, they tend to forget that with people that as they age biologically, there's a lot of things that change with their, not only their metabolism, but their gut health, you know, and if you're not absorbing the, the, the foods properly, if you develop these food sensitivities, it's a freaking game changer, man. And that's why, like, I started getting into this fasting because... That, that's probably one of my number one issues is gut health, you know, just bloated all the time, not, not able to eat certain foods. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even realize that they have food sensitivities. And I'm not saying allergies, I'm saying a sensitivity. An allergy is like if my daughter eats a peanut, she's going to the hospital. That's an allergy. A sensitivity is basically you think that it's okay to be burping all day and you think it's normal to, you know, just feel a little bit bloated after certain meals. And it's not. And it's not, that's your, that's your body kind of telling you that, Hey, stay off the eggs for a little while, Mm -hmm. stay off the dairy, stay off the wheat, whatever it is, you know, it could be a variety of things. Yep. Well, that's, you know, um, uh, from the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick. He's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. They had a good one. I love, uh, like a lot of the sciencey stuff that she talks about you know, with gut health, digestion, cellular um, activity, mm-hmm. um, you know, time-restricted eating, which people confuse all the time with um, fat, intermittent fasting, two different things. Yeah. And she's, uh, she works with Dr. Sachin Panda, who's at, the, I think, the Salt Institute in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, and I guess uh, <laughs> like, she breaks it down like she takes hard science and breaks it down where you can understand it. She has a great... A podcast and a website called found my fitness i really I yeah really, it's not good you know i want to make a request to joe rogan since i know he listens to this oh he does definitely. he does yeah i wish he would have a different podcast where it was just about like really mind-bending scientific stuff and then have a different podcast for like because a lot of times he has guests on that you know it's, it's about the fighting from stuff. area 51 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like even like, like he, the Bernie Sanders one was great. You know, like he has ones where it's just like, my mind can just get into it. And then there's just ones where he talks about just nonsense. Oh yeah. yeah. Had two different podcasts. So I don't have to scroll through this list and find someone I'm interested in. And just- That's what I do. <laughs> I, I, see, I see what's new and then I scroll through 
and just try to find something that's interesting. But I've been introduced to a lot of crazy, weird, cool people and stuff by listening to that podcast. And so, yeah, I'm going to It is such a huge variety, man. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I actually found that I like, I never liked the MMA ones, the fight companion podcasts that he does, but Uh um, sometimes, you know, they start out talking about MMA, which I really don't care about, even though I do do jujitsu. But, uh, and then they go off on this tangent and it's like super interesting, you know? Yeah, I guess I haven't given it a chance. I just kind of just scroll past a lot of those. Did you listen? Did you listen to the last one? Uh, David Lee Roth was on there not too long yeah, ago. That was a, no, that was a while ago. But yeah, David Lee Roth is. <laughs> well, you know, it was about a month ago, right? A month or two ago, or was it longer? I don't yeah, know. It didn't seem that long ago. But man, I, I, you be listen. That's an interesting podcast. You know, David Lee Roth is he's what is he a paramedic in New York City right now? I don't know if he still is, but he definitely used to be. Yeah, he was doing it like, you know, just kind of giving back. I guess his dad was a doctor or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but super interesting, man. Could you imagine like breaking your leg or some shit in New York and all of a sudden David Lee Roth rolls up to bring you to the hospital? <laughs> yeah, he actually like, talks about that. Yeah, he talks about that on the Rogan podcast about how, you know, most people don't recognize him, but there have been times when they did. <laughs> that would be badass. Yeah. David yeah. was freaking taking me to the hospital. <laughs> Cool I think you worth breaking your leg for, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had Henry Rollins on, which I like. Uh, Henry <laughs> Rollins, um, it, you know, from Black Flag, punk rock, um, and spoken word he does. And so there's a lot of Mike Tyson yeah. on there, you know. Oh, Tyson's a trip, man. Yeah. Cool yeah. beans. Awesome. Well, you guys want to wrap this up. Dan, can you uh, tell us how we can get a hold of you at Push Press? Uh, you can get a hold of me directly at dan at pushpress.com. Uh, you can check us out at pushpress.com. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing and hopefully people listening get turned on to your, um, your you know, business mentorship type stuff that you got going on in your blogs. There was a lot of really good blogs on helping people run businesses on Pushpress. So. Yeah, I'm going to be working on my own podcast and video series as well, and it will be all featured on like, creating a business awesome. um when when do you think this episode is going to go live tomorrow damn um i'm going to do something that's going to piss off people in probably in my company um but it kind of goes in line with the idea of helping gym owners because that's our mission um, <laughs> at the end of november we're we are gearing and it, this is a benefit to anyone who's listened for this long to our ghastly conversation but at the end of no- november we are going to be launching a free version of push press um so the details of that will be coming out. But really, again, our, our goal here is to help gym owners. <clears throat> and the, the free version is really to help gyms that are struggling. It's kind of a companion to Zach Forrest push start um, process, like get on a free platform, get off the ground, and then hopefully we've built up enough goodwill and trust with you, you stay with Push Press. Well, that's a great idea. I love it. And I'm sure there's a lot of gyms um, that can definitely use that help. Before yeah. we, before we uh, go offline, man, one last thing I want to ask. Are you seeing a large influx of gyms that are actually struggling and shutting down? Are you seeing it more now than you have in the past? Or was there a spike? Do you see a lot I mean, of I don't think, gyms de-affiliating? I don't think this is a secret. I mean, I think this is why things like Gym Launch and all these um, ad systems are coming out. Like, gyms are struggling. <clears throat> a very large percentage of our gyms bill less than $20,000 a month. And to me, that's kind of – or 15000 even – and to me, that's kind of like a yardstick. If you're not billing $15,000 a month, then you need to get there. Um, yeah. yeah. So, well, you know, obviously, depending on the size and their, their uh, well, expenses and stuff like that. You know? Yes and no. But after pay, if you're not, even if you're owning your business, between your mortgage and your lease, and the goal is you don't coach 40 hours a week, right? So paying coaches and hopefully having at least an admin assistant, like $15,000 a month doesn't go a long way after all that. That's right. Sure so does. to me, that's kind of like the bare minimum in order to start thinking about <clears throat> um, turn like because basically you have to strip yourself away from the business enough to work on the business, not for the business. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that to an extent. And I'll tell you why. You know, I've been there. OK, I started off in an 800 square foot facility. My rent was eight hundred dollars a month. It was in a retail shop and it was ridiculous. The guy just wanted me there because not going to lie at the time I was a police officer and it wasn't in the best area. And the guy was like, you know what? 
I know you're going to have a bunch of off-duty cops training there. This is a great idea. So it worked. I probably would have been paying about two grand if I had to pay regular price. Now, just using this as an example, that was just more, I want to say it was a hobby gym, but it turned into a business real fast because my expenses are so freaking cheap. So I'm not going to lie, man. I'm almost thinking about going back that route because now here I am in a 10,000 square foot facility. Yeah, I'm billing like 40, 45,000 a month. Got a bunch of coaches and stuff like that. It's cool. But you know what, man? I'm 13 going, going on 12, 13 years of this stuff and retired as a cop for 27 years. So I just think, you know, there's, there's a way to scale down too. You know what I mean? But I, I understand what you're saying. There's a lot of places that are struggling. They should be making more money. It's great that you're going to offer something that's going to help people. Um, but I think there's certain situations, maybe even some people just want to scale down and they're just, you know, they don't really need to be crushing their soul or they want to do it because they enjoy it more right. than as which, you know, okay, if you, fall, if you fall in that bucket, then that, that's kind of outside the realm of right. if you are literally doing this because you're, you just want to provide a service to the community and it's almost a nonprofit, then that's fine. That's different. And yes, I'm speaking in generalization. So there could be like, maybe you got inherit, you inherited a building and you don't have any lease, you know, like, then the, you know, it's different. Like Clue did. <laughs> yeah. I know about them. But, but I, but I agree with you. Like we hit a phase where, and I, and I'm guilty of this. Like I just opened increasingly larger square footage gyms and tried to pack more am costly amenities into them. And now I'm of the opinion that it, you know, listening to Stuart Brower, like it's all about operational efficiency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 6,000 yes. gym with barbell, 6,000 square foot gym with barbells <clears throat> is not, is, is not as efficient as a 2000 square foot gym with kettlebells. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and these are the things that Barry's Bootcamp and Orange Theory and them are solving and why they have a leg up in terms of like turning their operators profit that we need to get our gym owners focused on, Agreed. which I love what Stu, Stu's doing in that regard. Agreed. Yeah. So let's get you back on. Maybe we'll get Stu on there too. We'll have a round table podcast coming I'd up. Yeah. Anytime, dude. I'd love it. I have, I could speak to you guys for, we could talk all day. I, I, <laughs> I have enough of course. Thoughts. Yeah, we'll definitely do it. We'll definitely do it again. We, we ought to make you a regular guest. We've been trying to get you on for a while. So let's just make this a habit. Right on. I'd love it. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. And thank you, Dan, for joining us today. Thanks, Dan. It's great talking to you, bro. Thank All you right, for man. Thank you for the knowledge to the table, man. Yeah. See you guys. All right.